Hello and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host of this podcast. Well guys, happy 2021. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. Um, I had a fantastic time. It was definitely different, but um, it was really nice to be able to spend it with my family. Um, probably my last Christmas in Calgary for a while, I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, depending on COVID and everything, when we get to move and stuff. But um, it was beautiful. I just kind of hung out with the fam on uh, Christmas Eve. We did our cocktail party that I had talked about. That was super fun. Um, and we did, like, everyone got so drunk. And then we ordered a curry, which was amazing, from this Indian restaurant behind my house. And it was just what the doctor ordered. It was perfect. And then for New Year's, we all went camping. So my boyfriend and I, we brought out our little tiny camper. And then um, for my mom and dad brought out theirs. And uh, we just, we all just camped out. And it was great. I mean, I don't know when in my life I'll get to say that I got to camp on Earth. Yeah, I guess camp on New Year's again unless I live in a really hot country but um it was bloody fantastic it was so good um and then um today when I'm recording uh it's Chris and I's anniversary today so we've been together four years which is nice I actually almost forgot about it I just kind of woke up and I was like oh my god it's like the 6th of January um so that we're I don't know what we're gonna do tonight I think I'm gonna go to the shops and just get some like steak and do some mashed potatoes because we always go out for a steak dinner on our anniversary and of course we can't do that right now but um yeah and uh over the Christmas I kind of went on this weird binge anyone who knows me or maybe even people who know me probably don't even know this about me but I'm obsessed with World War II. Like, I love it. I really, really do. Um, I'm not 100% on, like, all the history. Like, I'm very bad with that stuff and, like, retaining information. But um, I do love learning about it. And I love watching movies or TV shows based on it. Um, it's fascinating to me. Um, I... I mean, this probably goes for everyone, but I hate war and I just like find it very hard to like wrap my head around. And um, I understand why people fight for their country and stuff, but my God, it's just so insane to me, like what happened during those times. And so Chris and I kind of went on this weird binge and we're still kind of on it actually of watching movies and TV shows based on it. So I'm going to tell you all the movies that we watched. Um, I'm going to try to remember all of them. But we watched um, this movie called 71. This is kind of where it started off. So 71 is about a British soldier who has to go over to Northern Ireland in 1971 during the Troubles. And he basically has to um, go and help all these other British soldiers that are there. And he gets left behind because a huge riot broke out. And then this Protestant boy kind of saves him and... Um, it kind of goes all over the place and then um, these Catholics ended up taking him in because the Protestant boy gets hurt and stuff so it, it's very very good it's very intense and it happened absolutely and uh, my mum's from Northern Ireland and she grew up during uh, those times and it was very scary absolutely very scary so uh, that is very interesting to me first of all like uh, Irish history I'm very passionate about that but Again, I'm not very good at speaking 
100% the truth, well, not the truth, but on actual facts. And again, very bad at retaining that information. But then we watched Fury, brilliant movie that's got Brad Pitt in it and the guy from The Walking Dead. <laughs> so bad people's names. Uh, we watched uh, 1917. That was fantastic. That was such a good movie. And I can't believe I took this long to like watch it. We watched Dunkirk another very good movie um we watched uh unbroken that's fantastic that's got the same guy who's in 71 um oh what's his name what's his name is it jack o'connell i want to say um he was actually the guy from skins camera his character's name but he was in skins and that's kind of where his claim to fame came from um and then for tv shows who watch band of brothers that's on hbo if you haven't watched that i highly recommend it chris was saying that i would love it and i was like eh, i don't know it doesn't look that great and we watched it and i was like holy fucking shit this is so good like i'm obsessed with it like i told chris in many years time i want to rewatch this i like to give myself like a little bit of time to rewatch a show um but it was fantastic so i'd highly recommend that like i honestly i just was blown away with how good it was honestly breathtaking so good um, then we're currently watching Pacific. That's a brilliant movie that got recommended to me. That was fantastic. Um, and I'm trying to think of what other shows and movies. I feel like we watched so much, but again, it, it feels like I might have watched so much, but we also like war movies tend to be so much longer. Like they're like always around like the two hour mark. Um, but I honestly, I really wanted to watch The Pianist. That's one of my favorite movies, but Chris like wasn't really on board with that. Um, but uh, we will watch it. Maybe we'll watch it tonight for our anniversary. <laughs> Such a nice movie to watch. But we do love them. And, like that's something we can really bond over. Like, and Chris is so good at remembering history. And like I literally like, tell him to put this. Is also, probably what it feels like when we watch so many. It was because I told him. Um, to keep pausing all of the movie each time because I'm like, can you explain like this part to me? Can you explain that part to me? And um, like, you know, like how platoons work and uh, lieutenants and uh, privates and stuff. And I was just like, I want to know like everything and who's higher up and who's not. So just kind of going through the movies and like talking about that. And it was just like so good. And like, it was a good way for us to bond, I guess. Um so those are basically all the movies and tv shows i've been watching i've also been watching bridgerton very easy watch it's not my absolute favorite i do have to say which might offend some people um but it is fantastic and really well done the costume design is out of this world it kind of reminds me of the same uh director and creator of like fantastic mr fox or the grand budapest hotel like that color and that kind of way of filming and just very cute and quirky i really like it and it's a love story too so i've been watching that like when chris falls asleep because he goes to bed so much earlier than me so i've been watching that and for podcasts i've been doing all the same usual like my favorite murder um the cure for chronic pain really good and then um i've been listening <laughs> i got when i say i'm obsessed I, I really mean it i've been listening to the history of world war ii podcast on spotify it's so freaking good i love it and the guy i'm not 100 like sold on the host of it but he's very good um 
very well spoken, knows his stuff, and he kind of gets right to it. There's no talking like I do. There's no like his own personal commentary. Like he's very like straight to the point, facts only. Um, very good. Yeah. So that's the other podcast I'm listening to. So if you are interested in like history, I would check out that podcast. It's fantastic. Um, and then I guess for 2021, I'm very excited. Um, I feel like anything could be better than what happened in 2020. Um, you know, I'm still fun everyone, but you know what? At the same time, I have to say, I had a great time in 2020. I camped so much. I had so many, and you know, in the summertime, I'll be honest, me and my friends, we all kind of like let a little loose. We went camping. We weren't going out to bars and restaurants and stuff, but, and I have a very small group of friends. So, you know, there's points where like 10 of us would all go camping and, um, there's a couple that we were very close with that I know at the time was like isolating and then him and Chris like worked together in close contact because they're both electricians so we knew kind of like even just though us four all together were fine and then our other friends like you know we weren't sleeping in the same tents or anything we were outside drinking and having fun and enjoying the sunshine and honestly they're probably one of the best camping memories i've had since i came to canada um so that was really really good and then we went chris and i went out to vancouver island for a vacation that was fantastic uh we went god we just did so much we really did and you know over christmas we did so many nice things we went ice skating out in banff that was fantastic now you know, I, when people listen to my podcast and they hear of Banff, like you always see it on pictures and you see it on Instagram and you see influencers always posting about it. Obviously for my Canadians and maybe some Americans know where it is, but it's in the Canadian Rockies and it's only about maybe an hour and a half, two hour drive from my house in here in Calgary. So um, we went out there and we did some little trails and stuff. I'm not huge into hiking, but I love going for walks. Like I love walking i love going out and seeing different places chris doesn't like any of that stuff he would rather be like you know like ice skating or sorry hop like playing hockey like that would be his way of kind of um exercising in the outdoors but i really really enjoy going out and seeing like nature and just going on trails and being safe hiking to me is terrifying like absolutely terrifying um so we did that over christmas and that was fantastic we spent so much time in the hot tub uh, we actually didn't play any drinking games with my family, which was kind of funny because I really thought we were going to be doing that, but we didn't. And we just, my family is where we invest our money in our house, I swear, is on streaming networks. Like, we have Netflix, we have Crave, we have uh, Prime, we have Expat Prime, we have, we, we have every, we literally have like every single streaming device you could think of. Um, and we love watching a movie together or watching a tv show together and that's just kind of our way of like spending time together i guess so we all really enjoy that so we kind of did a lot of that which i'm not complaining about it was fantastic over drinks and everything um beautiful christmas dinner and the sandwiches that come after it um back home now a huge thing is making turkey and stuff in sandwiches but you put your turkey your stuffing your ham your cranberry sauce mayonnaise a little bit of salt and pepper bob's your uncle fanny's your aunt it's unreal absolutely unreal um chris said his mum used to soak one of the pieces of bread and gravy i think so they were like hot sandwiches which also sounds really good i would love to try that and yeah, for 2021, going back on that subject, um, I just really want to 
do more like self-love work and stuff and just work on that and um keep going to therapy until i leave because right now my therapist is fantastic and i i have a sliding scale so whatever i can afford at that moment in time is what i pay for therapy which i think should be everywhere in the world because mental health is just as important as your physical health and i know i say this literally every single episode but it's important to talk about it really is so um some of that and then um what i've been doing now because we're supposed to be going back to work on january 11th now some people might call me a pessimist but i'm saying i'm a realist because i don't think we'll be going back on the 11th not even in the slightest and i'll be very shocked if we do um there's a second strain now of covid it's um it's more dangerous only because it's more contagious there's not more side effects to it or anything like that from what i've read but you know um i think that what we do obviously there's been no cases that have ever came out of a salon in alberta anyways i still feel like we just need to be more careful and lay low until we get these vaccines i really don't think anyone's lives can continue and opening and closing and opening and closing and opening and closing is just it's just draining at the same time but um and i get it it's really hard for people who live on their own i can't even imagine what that is like um you know i'm lucky because i live at home with my family but you know i have co-workers that live at home by themselves or who have kids and it's probably so draining in a different manner um and for myself personally like my i wake up in the morning i usually wake up like around like half eight um i don't set an alarm or anything but um i usually wake up and i have a list set out for myself every single day and i want to talk about this really quick yeah because i want to talk about this really quick sorry i got cut off there someone called me i usually have a do not disturb on my phone whoops you can tell i've been off for two weeks um but i just want to talk really quick about how much list can help you and kind of set your day out um like it's weird because sometimes i can see myself as very organized and then sometimes i feel like super unorganized and overwhelmed and um just my life is like not together um but one thing i like to do just to kind of keep myself in routine and keep myself busy is i'll set certain things out to do for each day uh i love cleaning and i know not everyone else does but i find it really therapeutic and i love like organizing like my closets and like my drawers and my fridge and my cupboards but really i've been setting out to do something each day and i take my time in it i don't rush i literally procrastinate to no end but essentially what i do is this is like currently my list for my day that i do every single morning i have it set out so i just can have some sort of routine and whatever comes in between each that part of that routine then so be it but every single morning i wake up and i have like my shake i go for a run i get ready for the day i have a little bit of breakfast after that and then i you know wash up all the dishes clean up the kitchen from whatever i was doing in there then i'll um you know set something to do for the day so whether that task be clean the bedroom do a whole bunch of laundry clean the bathroom and then i do another thing of like uh, i set up like journaling and then i set up for like lunch and then after lunch i go for a walk 
and then when I come back from my walk um, I'm fine but I think I have a little small thing to do so right now I have this like camper van that I'm trying to build and trust me it's a fucking death of me I hate it I don't know why I bought it it's gonna be beautiful when it's done but it's so fucking hard to do it's so hard um so just stuff like that and then before I know it it's it's like freaking evening time and then Chris has finished school Chris is in school right now by the way he's in his last year hopefully he'll be a red seal by the end of um the spring um but yeah it's like just and you know I was talking to my co-workers a couple of days ago and they were saying like how bored they were getting and you know again it's hard when you like you're living in your own but honest to god like my day flies by so much when I do this and I set small things out to do like already it's 20 past two and I know I have still so much more to do for my day. Like, I know I'm gonna make a really nice meal. And that's another thing I've been doing is making really nice meals and take time um, to plan and prep. And I enjoy it. And not everyone enjoys that, I get that. But there's so many things that you can do even in your own home that, you know, eventually your closet gets messy again. Eventually your kitchen gets messy again. So these are things that can be done over and over again. And I think the big thing too is going out for a walk every single day and getting some fresh air. And I have a very positive mindset about it. I love my list and I love my routine that I have going for myself. I don't get bored of it. I'm not tired of it. I really am. And I just, I really am enjoying it. Um, but for some people, like that's like their hell. Like, like what is fun about doing that? And it's just so repetitive. But so is getting up, brushing your teeth, having your breakfast and going to work every single day and doing the same thing every single day. It's just different because we're at home, you know, we got to find things to create routine for ourselves and structure in our life when we're at home. And I really recommend writing out a list, planning what you're going to have for your meals each day of the week. You know, it's the same thing. Um, we almost had the same meal twice this week, but then I fucked it up and accidentally just I just messed it up <laughs> but um yeah just like different things plan something out for yourself like tomorrow I'm gonna go for a walk at Glenmore Reservoir and that's gonna take up probably a good two and a half hours of my day and I'm planning different things around it Friday I have therapy Saturday I don't know what I'm gonna do I know I'm trying to get rid of some clothes and some shit lying around my house to bring to Valley Village so I'll do that and I'm okay with that like that's those are these are small things just to get me out of the house um to prep and plan and be some sort of like structure because otherwise you do get bored and you start to get lonely and your mind starts to wander and your thoughts start to take over and that's really where people start to struggle so if you are struggling like yeah be like oh sure whatever kate like you're just in a better mindset it it's hard to get into that mindset but it just takes something small as making a list for each day and taking one thing off at a time i remember one of my really good friends um he had to go to therapy for a little bit and he told me how important like lists were for him and i was like oh yeah i could see that and then all of a sudden i started making lists for groceries which i never used to do before i just like write it in my phone writing a list for groceries hits so different comparing to writing lists on your phone i love it because that's a whole thing i actually was reading about it yesterday and i don't know if i'll be able to pull it up here let me just see basically um i read this instagram post which i loved and it was talking about different ways to release um like happiness so i'm gonna here it is okay so dopamine is completing a task so that is so 
true like when you complete a task you feel so good so it's the whole thing of like when you write on that list and you complete that task it releases dopamine which is supposed to just kind of help your happiness uh doing self-care activities eating food celebrating little wins um now i think this is how you say oxytocin is the love hormone uh playing with a dog playing with a baby holding hand hugging your family give a compliment now i know if you don't have a dog if you don't have a baby and you don't live with your family that's kind of hard to do um serotonin is the mood stabilizer so meditating running sun exposure walk in nature swimming cycling so basically three of those things i do try and do every single day um and then endorphin is the painkiller so laughter exercise essential oils watch a comedy dark chocolate and exercising um so after i read that yesterday i immediately thought (laughs) this is gonna make me laugh again um i immediately thought of when we're sitting around the fire at new year's eve and my sister (laughs) my sister i was telling my whole family i was oh my god like i think i heard wolves last night and my sister was like trying to be sarcastic but it totally backfired on her and she was like oh my god caitlin those were not wolves those were hyenas and i was like what did you call them and she was like hyenas and i was like do you mean hyenas and i'm not even kidding you the screams that came out of my mouth when i heard that she thought they were called hyenas again again hyenas literally i'm crying right now there's tears all in my eyes and so then after that i posted the video of me laughing on my instagram story after reading that post and so many people replied to the story and they're like yeah laughter is contagious and you're killing me right now and i was like yeah i'm like it's fucking funny like i just it it kills me so much when you know my sister especially my sister when she says stuff and she's just so confidently speaking <laughs> it's just so butchered um so yeah that, that's just something i feel that can help so yeah that was just my instagram story i should post it actually to my podcast as well because i do i really do believe in these things and i um i i, I try and you know share these because i think it's important for other people as well who might be struggling i'm just sending to myself now so i can post that so you guys can all see it too um but yeah uh so those are things that i've been doing just to keep myself busy and also my mindset has been great um if you are living in calgary and you're wanting to know my therapist or the company that i work with through therapy please message me um don't be ashamed there's nothing to be ashamed of reaching out and asking for help um I would love to share it because my therapist is amazing she's great and it's affordable and so it should be so uh, also one thing I want to talk about too is I just saw the news that um, Trump protesters are have just like reached capital they've broken through capital which I think is fucking terrifying. I'm like, this is, we're living in a movie. You know, we're, we are all the main characters of the movie. If you if you are on TikTok, you know what I'm talking about when you're like, I'm the main character. Um, <laughs> but seriously, like it's it's really scary what is happening right now um, in the States. It's, it's always scary, I swear. But anyways, enjoy episode 25. I love increments of five. 25 is such a good number. I can't wait for my 25th birthday. You know, next year in 2022, which I'm pumped for as well, I'm going to be 25 years old. Brilliant age. Love the number 25. I'm going to be in somewhere hot. 
probably Croatia, I hope. And um, it's also Chris and I's five year anniversary. Like what, what more? If only it was 2025, like that would just be heavenly for me. I just, ugh, you just, I love it, I love it. Anyways, happy new year guys. Live it up, stay safe though while you're living it up. And if you ever want to talk and just, you know, shoot the shit, just fucking send me a message. I don't care. I I would love to try and lift you up with some chit chat. Anyways, uh, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. I know I rant so much at the beginning of my podcast, but enjoy episode 25. Thank you for listening. Okie dokie. So... For episode 25 today, we are going to be talking about Dr. Death. Now, Dr. Death is also known as Harold Frederick Shipman. Um, he was born on January 14th, 1946, which may I add is the day before my birthday. I was not born in 1946. I was born in 1997, though. A little bit different. But my birthday is January 15th, which is next weekend. And, oh, I should have added this to my personal part of the podcast, but I'm going to tell you right now anyways, because I'm so fucking excited about it. Uh, that's the way I usually speak, by the way. This is me talking very fast. So I'm so excited. But I'm going to Banff up into Tunnel Mountain, staying in the Buffalo Lodge for two nights. There's an open fireplace in that place, in the, in the hotel room that we're staying in. And I'm, oh, God, I can't. I'm fucking excited. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Chris and I immediately looked at the menu. We already know what we want for my birthday dinner. And we know what we're going to get for breakfast the next morning. And it's going to be amazing. So anyways, just wanted to say that. Can't wait. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so that's my birthday next weekend. January 15th, just so you know. I love celebrating my birthday. So uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, he was also known as Fred Shipman. Uh, he was an English general practitioner who is believed to be one of the most prolific serial killers in modern history. On January 31st of 2000, he was found guilty of the murder of 15 patient, patients under his care. His total number of victims, though, was approximately around 250 people. Shipman was sentenced to life imprisonment with the recommendation that he was never to be released. He died by suicide by hanging himself the day before his birthday, January 13th, 2004, a day before his 58th birthday in his cell at HM Prison, Wakefield, West Yorkshire. So this, I find already, is insane that someone could get away for so long um, killing almost 250 people. Like, what in the name of God? That's crazy. So, that's like my dad. My dad's always like, oh my god. He always says like that. And, you know, sometimes he just does like a little hand flip. And it's just so funny to me. He acts so flamboyant sometimes. And I just love it. I live for it. The Shipman Inquiry is a two-year-long investigation of all deaths certified by Shipman, which uh, Dame Jan Smith chaired, examined the Shipman's crimes, uh, the inquiry identified 215 victims and estimated the total account of 250 and about 80% of whom were elderly women. Shipman's youngest confirmed victim was a 41-year-old man, although suspicion arose that he killed patients as young as four. Like, what in the Christ? Um, he is the only British doctor known to be guilty of murdering his patients, although other doctors have been acquitted for some uh, similar cr- crimes 
or convicted lesser charges. Um, so on his earlier life, um, Fred Shipman was born again, January 14th, 1946, um, in the Bestwood Council Estate. So a council estate, I'm trying to explain this to my Canadian American, um, listeners when i was watching a youtube video on this it was an american man talking about this case and he compared it to the projects now (laughs) now i'm just i'm kind of laughing at that statement because the projects to me is just i just think of like movies that are like you know crime related and gangster and you know this is just me stereotyping and i'm in a way, yeah, I guess you can compare it to England, but I just find, like, it's just not that either at the same time. It's just, like, not everything is, like, run down, but it's for lower-income families, essentially. Um, You know, sometimes you have some gypsies that live in council estates. Um, and, yeah, like, you know, people, are, they're always trying to find ways to make money. And, like, this is, again, generalizing, which I don't want to do because that's not essentially what all people who live in council houses are like. But um, the projects, I thought, was a very funny comparison because anyone who's living in the UK and Ireland and basically anywhere in Europe, when you think of the projects, you think of, like, gangster guns in the hip. You know, you've got your bandanas and, um, you know, different gang members with their different bandana colors and stuff. Like, that's literally what I'm thinking of. And that's just not what I think of when I think of a council estate. <laughs> I think of tracksuit bottoms and uh, Reeboks and um, big, massive hoop earrings, fake tan. Yeah, that's what I think of. <laughs> but anyways, so he did live in a council estate in Nottingham, Nottinghamshire, England. Um, the second of three children of Harold Frederick Shipman, a truck driver, and Vera Britton, 23. Um, and um, his working class parents were devout Methodists, which is just like, you know, I think it's extreme, like, Protestants in a way. It's something to do with, like, Protestants anyways. Um, when growing up, Shipman was a, uh, an accomplished rugby player uh, who won plenty of leagues and was really high up in the sports um I guess part of school. Shipman passed as 11 plus in 1957, moving to High Pavement Grammar School, in Nottingham, which he left in 1964. He excelled as a distance runner, and his final year at school served as vice captain of the athletics team. So it's a very like healthy young man. Um, Shipman was particularly close to his mother, who died from lung cancer when he was just 17 years old. His death came in manner similar to what later became Shipman's own mother's, um, you know, of his own kind of like, people People are like led to think that because his mum passed away and because he was so close and he actually saw when his mum was getting, when she was getting treatment for her cancer, all the morphine injections the doctor would inject, it, it kind of, people think this is what pursued him as a serial killer. Um, in the later stages of her disease, she had morphine administered at her home by her doctor. So like I said, that's why we think that this kind of helped him become who he was in that moment in time. Shipman wasted his mother's pain by suicide despite her terminal condition until her death of June 1963 on November of 1966. Um, anyways, then he married 
a pr- uh, this lady called Primrose, which I think is just such a pretty name, like Prim. Oh, I love that. Remember, I think actually a, the girl from Hunger Games is called Prim. Primrose May Oxtoby. I think that's just such an English name. It's so pretty. The couple have four children. Shipman studied medicine at Leeds School of Medicine, University of Leeds, graduated in 1970. He began working at the Prime General Infirmary in Pontefract, West Riding of Yorkshire. And in 1974, he took his position as a general practitioner at the Abraham Omerod Medical Centre. In the following year, Shipman was caught forging prescriptions of pethidine, uh, demerol, and I actually have no idea what either of those are. I really should have wrote a note on what, what both of those are. Um, I'm awful with all those things. Like, I really don't know, like, a lot about, like, medicine and drugs and <laughs> just such a little baby. Um, he was fined £600, which is roughly about 1200 Canadian. Um... And he briefly attended a drug rehabilitation clinic in York. Um, he became a GP at the Donnybrook Medical Centre in Hyde near Manchester in 1977. Shipman continued working as a GP in Hyde throughout the 1980s and established his own surgery in 21 Market Street in 1993, becoming a respected member of the community. And he was really well known by the community. Like Everyone who met him or knew him thought he was a very friendly outgoing guy just a well-known guy in the whole community area um in 1983 he was interviewed in an edition of the garda television documentary world in action sorry granada on how mentally ill should be treated in the community a year after his conviction the interview is rebroadcasted tonight with trevor mcdonald so um again going back to when i i want to tell you about this comment too when there's a family doctor in your town now the town that i grew up in ireland i remember everyone knew our family doctor like you just kind of you know everyone even from other towns you would know who your doctor was and you'd talk about it and if there was scandal like everyone would know about it and like again my town really westport isn't really that small and you know everyone kind of just knew who your doctors were and it's that whole thing of like it's that safety and it's someone who's looking after the community essentially as in a whole um but yeah i just wanted to know that i can like relate to that when you know who you're talking about in your town so in march of 1998 dr linda reynolds the brook surgery in hyde expressed concerns um to a higher up in her office the coroner for the south manchester district about the high death rate among shipman's patients in particular she was concerned about the large number of cremation forms for elderly women that he had needed uh countersign so basically every single person that he was murdering he wanted them cremated so then that way there was no you know toxology report or whatever it was just they were die they were dead and that was that no one looked any further they trusted the doctor and then they were cremated so police were unable to find sufficient evidence to bring charges and close the investigation on april 17th um the shipment inquiry later uh, blamed the greater manchester police for assigning in- inexperienced officers to the case after the investigation was closed shipman killed three more people in august a taxi driver john shaw told the police that he suspected shipman of murdering 21 patients shaw became suspicious 
of the many elderly customers he took to the hospital who seemed to be in good help died in shipman's care now isn't that, i find that kind of funny you know that that a taxi driver would pick up on something like that like that's someone now who's that'd be now like Eamon O'Malley my dad he'd be like no I don't trust him now he's there and uh, he was a fine old buck going into the hospital and then the next thing he was dead my god I don't believe it and then 12 people later that's yeah I always start to get suspicious too and my boyfriend always loves when I take the mick out of my dad um so Shippen's last victim was Kathleen Grundy who was found dead in her home on June 24th of 1998. He was the last person to see her alive. He later signed her death certificate recording the cause of death as old age. Grundy's daughter lawyer Angela Woodruff became concerned when the solicitor of Brian Burgess came- oh that just reminds me of my client Mr. Burgess. I miss my clients. Um informed her that all had been made sorry that a will had been made um, apparently by her mother with doubts about his authenticity um the will excluded woodruff and her children but left three hundred and eighty-six thousand pounds to shipman which i think is just so funny like what in the christ why would you do that who would leave money to their doctor that's a very very funny i think that's just very funny um at burgess's urging woodruff went to the police and who began investigating grundy's body was exhumed and found to contain traces of diamorphine heroin oh did not know that's what that meant Hmm. of 10 used pain to control terminal cancer patients so obviously like he had like overdosed her on this at some point and it just like slowly killed this old lady which is horrible Shipman claimed that Grundy had been addicted and shut them in the comments he had written in effect to the computer issued medical journal. However, the examination of his computer showed that they were written after his death. Shipman was arrested on the 7th of September 1998 and was found to own a brother typewriter of used to make forged will prescription for murder a 2000 book by journal journalist brian whittle and jean ritchie suggested that shipman forged the will either because he wanted to be caught because his life was out of control or because he planned to retire at 55 and leave the uk i'm gonna guess he planned to retire and leave the uk because if you've done that many people surely you just be like nah you know what i've got the way with this many people i can get away with some more Police investigated other deaths Shipman had certified an investigation of 15 specimen cases. They discovered a pattern of his administration lethal doses of diamorphine, signing patients' death certificates and falsifying medical records indicating um, that they had been in poor health. In 2003, David Spiegenhalter suggested that statistical monitoring could have led to an alarm being raised at the end of 1996. There were 67 excess deaths in females aged over 65 compared to within 119 by 1998. That's insane. So, moving on to his trial and imprisonment, Shipman trials began in Preston Crown Court on October 5th of 1999. Um, he was charged with the murders of 15 women by lethal injections of diamorphine between 1995 and 1998. Um, I want to list out these 15 women here. So, 
Marie West, Irene Turner, Lizzie Adams, Jean Lilly, Ivy Lomas, Meryl Grimshaw, Marie Quinn, Kathleen Wagstaff, Bakinka Provet, Nora Nuttall, Pamela Hiller, Maureen Ward, Winfred Mellor, Joan Malia, and Kathleen Grundy. Uh, Shipman's legal represent- representatives tried unsuccess- unsuccessfully to have Grundy's case tried separately from others. As a motive, he was shown to allege by force. Um, so on January of 31st, 2000, after six days' deliberation, the jury found Shipman guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. Mr. Justice Forbes subsequently sentenced Shipman to life imprisonment on all 15 counts of murder, with recommendation that he would never be released. To be served uh, concurrently with sentence of four years and forging Grundy's will. I can't believe, like, how stupid do you have to get? My God. On the 11th of February, 10 days after his conviction, Shipman was uh, struck off by the General Medical Council two years later. Home Secretary David Blunt-Rick Blunkett uh, confirmed the judge's whole life tariff just two months before British government minister lost their power to set a minimum terms for their prisoners. While authorities could have, uh, have brought many additional charges, they concluded a fair hearing to be that would be possible to view the enormous publicity sub- surrounding original trial. Furthermore, the 15 life sentences already handed down um, rendered further litigation unnecessary. Shipman consistently denied his guilt and disputing the scientific evidence against him. He never made any public statements about his actions. Shipman's wife, Primrose, which is such a beautiful name, uh, she maintained her husband's innocence after his conviction. Shipman and his only doctor, Shipman is the only doctor in history of Britain medicine um, to be found guilty of murdering his patients. Um, John Bodkin Adams was charged in 1957 with murdering a patient admin um, rumours he had killed dozens more over 10 years and possibly provided the role uh, model for Shipman. However, he was acquitted. Historian Pamela Cullen has argued that uh, because of Adams' acquittal, there was no impetus to examine the flaws of the British legal system, the Shipman case. So Shipman hung himself in his cell at HM Prison Wakefield at 6.20am on the 13th of January 2004 on the eve of his 58th birthday. It was pronounced dead at 8.10am. A statement from Her Majesty's Prison Service indicated that he had hung himself from the window bars of the cell using bed sheets. After Shipman's death, his body was taken to the mortuary um, and medical legal centre in post-mortem examination. West Yorkshire coroner David Hinchliffe eventually released the body and the family after inquest opened and the journey shortly after. Uh, some of the victims' families said they felt cheated as Shipman's suicide meant they would never be sat- have satisfied with his confession, no answers and why he committed these crimes. Um, which is so true. Like I feel like any time that happens, it's such like a... Now, I have to be very careful when I say this because like, I'm not saying in general I'm talking about criminals and when they've been convicted for a crime how cowardly it is and how they just can't face what they've done um it's just awful and you know these families want justice and they can they feel like that's never happened when this person who was committed this crime clearly commits suicide so home secretary david blanket said the celebration was tempting 
You wake up and you receive a call telling you the shipment has topped himself and you think, is this too early to open a bottle? And then you discover everybody's very upset that he's done it. Um, Shipman's death divided national newspapers with Daily Mirror branding him as a cold coward and condemning the prison service and following his suicide to happen. However, the Sun celebratory front page headline, this is what, <laughs> and this is what the Sun is such a controversial newspaper. They put, quote, ship, ship, hooray. <laughs> Fuck's sake, that's dreadful. The independent call for the inquiry into Shipman's suicide and took more widely to the state of the UK prisoners, sorry, prisons as well, as well for the inmates. The Guardian article of General Sir, oh, Sir David Rothenberg, who had formerly served as Her Majesty's Chief Inspector of Prisons, suggested that the whole life sentencing could be replaced by indefinite sentencing. For this, they would have at least prisoners hope of eventual release and reduce the risk of their ending their own lives by suicide while making their management easier for the prisoner officials. Shipman's motive for suicide was never established, though he reportedly told his probation officer that he would be considering suicide to assure his wife's financial security after she was stripped of his national health uh, pension. Primrose Shipman uh, received a full NHS pension, um, which is fair because like this isn't her fault that her husband was a fucking psycho killer. Um, uh, she would have been entitled if Shipman had lived past 60. Additionally, uh, there was evidence that Primrose, who had consistently pr- presented or protested, sorry, Shipman's innocence despite overwhelming evidence, um, had begun to suspect his guilt. Shipman refused to take part in courses which would have encouraged acknowledgement of his crimes leading to temporary removal of privileges including opportunity to telephone his wife during his period according to shipman's cellmate he received a letter from primrose um exhorting him to quote tell me everything no matter what um which i think is so sad because i think she knew like deep down but of course you know he just didn't really care um, to tell the truth, um, that Shipman's suicide could not have been predicted or prevented, but that procedures should nonetheless be re-examined. After Shipman's body was released to finally to the family, it remained in Sheffield more than two more than a year, despite multiple false reports about his funeral. Um, his widow was advised by police against burying her husband in case the grave was attacked. Shipman was eventually cremated on 19th of March 2005 in Hutchcliffe Woods uh, crematorium. Uh, the cremation took place, and you know, I, when I was actually watching a little bit of a documentary on this, a lot of people suspected that some of the um, patients that he treated were also, that he, sorry, not treated, murdered. Um, were also um, cremated in that same place, crematorium in, which I think is kind of like ironic in a way, if it's true or not, who knows. Um, the cremation took place outside his normal hours and maintained secrecy and was attended only by Primrose and the four children. On January 2001, Chris Gregg, a senior West Yorkshire police detective, was selected as lead investigation into the 22 West Yorkshire deaths. Following his shipman inquiry submitted in July 2002, concluded that he killed at least 215 of his patients between 1975 and 1998, during which the time he had practiced in Todrum in 1974 to 1975 and Hyde in 1977 to 1998. Dame Janet Smith, the judge, uh, submitted the report and admitted that 
many more deaths of suspicious nature could have definitely ascribed to shipman most of his victims were elderly women in good health and i think you know for that one guy because he went in he investigated and he was kind of shot down this could have all been prevented maybe years maybe two or three years ago um prior him killing himself if they had just believed that he really and truly did kill all these people um and her sixth and final report issued on january 24 2005 smith reported that she believed that shipman had killed three patients and that she had serious suspicion about further deaths including when a four-year-old girl during the early stage of his medical career um in the general infirmary and the total 459 people died while under his care between 1971 and 1998 but it was uncertain how many of those were murder victims as he often only sorry as he was as he was often the only doctor to certify a death smith a smith of shipman's total victim count over 27 year period was 250 approximately the gmc um, charged six doctors who signed cremation forms for shipments victims and misconduct claiming they should have noticed the patterns between shipments home visits and his patients deaths um, all these doctors were found not guilty in october 2005 a similar hearing was held against two doctors who worked at the tameside general hospital in, hospital in 1994 who failed to detect that shipman had deliberately administrated grossly excessive dose of morphine uh, the shipment inquiry, uh, requ- inquiry recommended the charges of structure of the GMC. In 2005, it came to light that Shipman may have stolen jewellery from his victims as well. In 1998, police seized over £10,000 when Primrose was asked for his return. Police wrote the families of Shipman's victims asking to identify jewellery. Unidentified items were handled, or sorry, were handed to Assets Recovery Agency in May. The investigation ended in August. Authorities returned sixty-six pieces of primrose and auctioned thirty-three pieces that she confirmed were not hers. Could you imagine even coming to that conclusion of being like, "Oh my God!" Like I never questioned this jewelry was probably stolen off a murdered old lady. So freaky, freaky dicky. Uh, the only piece returned to a murder patient's family was a platinum diamond ring for which the family provided a photograph of proof of the ownership. The Memorial Garden of Shipman's Victims, called the Garden of Tranquility, opened in Hyde Park, Hyde, on the 30th of July 2005. As of early 2009, families, over 200 of the victims, Shipman were still seeking compensation of the loss of their relatives. In September 2009, authorities announced that the letter the Shipman wrote in prison would be sold in auction. But the following complaints of the victims, relatives, and the media, they withdrew the letters in the sale. So then it came about the Shipman effect. So the Shipman case, a series of recommendations in the Shipman Inquiry Report, led to change the standard of medical procedures in the UK now referred to quote as the shipment effect many doctors reported that changes in dispensing practices and reluctance to risk over prescribing pain medication may have led to under prescribing many death certification practices were altered as well perhaps the largest change was the movement from single doctor general practices to multiple doctor general practices this was not a direct recommendation but rather because the report stated 
that there was not enough safeguarding and monitoring in the doctor's decisions. The forms needed to be, sorry, the forms needed for cremation, uh, cre- <laughs> what's wrong with me? Cremation in England and Wales have had their questions altered as a result of the Shipman case. For example, the persons organizing the funeral answered, quote, do you know or suspect the death of the person who has died was violent or unnatural? Do you consider that there should be any other further examination in the remains of the person who has died? End quote. And that is the story of Dr. Death, Mr. Fred Shipman. Um, I think that's such a fucked up story and I never heard of it before and I kind of just stumbled across it. I have such a huge list on my phone um, but I always like save those for like when I'm absolutely desperate if I ever need to like look into them but I always like to like re-look and kind of re-examine on the internet and see what ones I haven't seen before. Now this one I never heard of so um, I hope you enjoyed that episode Um and yeah again happy new year please don't forget to rate review subscribe share with your friends i'm really hoping this podcast gets a little bit bigger and putting that out there to the universe and for 2021 um i'm going to continue with my podcast even when i moved to the uk um and i was actually talking to my grandma today and you know she just they're in complete lockdown again like if you're living in the uk right now i fuck i i'm in england and i'm sorry in ireland i can't imagine the stress and the anxiety and just the you know you just feel fed up you just you just want to give up there's no hope um of what you guys are all feeling right now but i i guarantee by the summertime after everyone gets you know their vaccines and things start to slow down and we come out of these winter months of cold and flu season um that we will get better and we will move on from this and we can get through we've done it already for one year we can do it again for another year and i want to give a huge shout out um to my cousin Ella she works at St George's Hospital in London England and right now she has been working with some COVID patients in the ICU and she said it is just horrendous and these are the people we got to think about when we go out and we start mingling with people and going into people's houses and not wearing our masks it's those small small tiny things that you do that you don't think are affecting other people that actually have a major effect on our healthcare system and our healthcare workers and people like myself who work for a small company we all want to go back to work so please if you can i know like i say stay home when i go camping i live at home my family and when i go camping we're outside and we're nowhere near people but i really mean it if you can stay home and stay safe don't go to your friends houses even just for a couple drinks for a visit for a cup of tea please try and be more sensible i know not everyone is in the same position where you've where i've had a family member pass away from it and when i have people who i love and care about working in the healthcare industry but it's who we really need to be thinking about right now um and again like it's so small tiny minor details that you might think are having an effect because you think you're being careful even by breaking and bending the rules just a little bit but you are having an effect because when you do it, someone else sees you do it, which means, okay, well, those, they seem like a sensible person. And if they can do it, then I should be able to do it. And I have friends of my own here in Canada who are doing the same thing. Um, and I just think we just need to be more self, uh, not selfish, sorry, more careful and um, be more selfless. 
and stay at home I know it fucking sucks but just do it and uh, yeah that's my little spiel for the end of the day Uh, anyways enjoy guys stay safe stay warm and stay happy and thank you for listening bye bye